Hey, welcome back to Her Restored Spirit Podcast. I have an episode for you today that I hope is encouraging and motivating and gives you a little bit of insight and ideas to how to make that first choice, how to make that first decision and what to do in order to start the healing process, how to borrow a why until you can create your own. Before we dive in, if you have benefited from this podcast or if you have listened, if you um, like the podcast at all, please consider leaving me a um, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This is how other people find the podcast. This is how um, they can start searching. This is how you tell the algorithm, this magical algorithm that we all hear about, that this podcast is worth listening to. So it is. it just takes two minutes, and I would really appreciate if you would take the time to do that for me. And with that, let's get in. Hi, friend. I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken-spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. We all talk about wanting motivation and needing motivation and not being able to find motivation. And we know that it's linked to our why, our purpose, our drive. And through grief, through really hard circumstances, that is something that disappears. I remember after losing my husband, not being able to be motivated to shower or go upstairs to sleep or even change clothes at times. And my loving friends would remind me like, hey, I'll watch the kids. This would be a good time for you to go and just take a few minutes to yourself and shower. And then I would go because I knew I needed it. I knew I wanted it. Um, Honestly, a few minutes by myself with that hot steaming water just pouring over you was amazing and much needed. But through hard circumstances, we lose our motivation to do things. It's not really completely, it's not really our fault. It's a defense mechanism that our brain does is when we go through something traumatic, our like grief, like um, trauma, like anything broken spirited, our brains will start turning off non-essential functions. The will, the desire to do anything is one of those. Whether we need to eat or not, you know, we may not be able to find that motivation. I survived on Cheerios for for several days, I believe. I don't quite remember. But that's what I could hold down. So that's what I ate. 
But this motivation, it's not something that's going to automatically come back. It's not going to just show up, you know, three weeks later, knocking out the door and say, okay, let's do this. Let's, you know, clean the house. Let's do the laundry. Let's have a purpose. Let's feel joy. Let's do walk outside. Let's take care of the kids. Let's play a board game with the kids. Let's do, you know, go back to work. Let's, it's not going to come and knock on the door or force itself on anything. Like you're not going to wake up one morning and feel motivated to do anything. This is one, another one of those things that you have to choose. You have to choose before you see it, before you feel it, before you know what it looks like that you even want to do. And why is it? Why is it that when you go through such hard things, it's you have to make, when you go through such traumatic and all-encompassing things, you have to make more decisions and it's even harder to actually do things. And I shared a few weeks ago about the, the dog on the nail and how that momentary pain that we feel when we start to do things is strong, but there's relief on the other side. And motivation is one of those. That motivation comes with action. It doesn't just show up. So how do you get it and how do you do the things before you're even ready to, before you feel the desire, the need, before you even want to, before you even hope to? How do you do that? How do you get it? How do you find that energy? And one of the ways that I like to share, and one of the ways that's worked for me, is borrowing other people's why. Until you can come up with your own, until you know your own, until you can discover your why. Now, I was blessed with two toddlers through my grief. And I say that because Toddlers have a way of needing things all the time, and they can't do anything on their own. They can't even get into their own bed. Like, Lindis was still, I guess she was in her toddler bed, but, you know, she didn't know she could get into it on her own or stay in it on her own. That's something that, that's something that I had to do for her, is put her in it and encourage her and make her stay in her bed. I know I've shared multiple times that after the death of my husband and her father, her daddy, her dada, actually, it was she stopped sleeping altogether and she needed to be held upright in order to fall asleep. And there was only a few of us who could do that for her. But the toddlers gave me that why. And it wasn't even for them per se. This is why I say it's borrowing. It was out of necessity. It's because they needed to eat, sleep, change, shower, bathe, play. They needed me to show up and just do things for them. Whether I wanted to or not, whether I felt like that was my calling, whether it was easy, because it was not easy. I wanted to stay in bed and they needed to run around crazy. I needed to eat Cheerios and apparently they wanted chicken nuggets and mac and cheese daily. I needed to just be by myself and 
dwell and have a pity party and just cry. But they needed to go to the park and laugh. And so that's what I did is I set down my desires. I set down what I needed in the moment, which I did plenty of those things that I needed. And what I really, really needed was I needed to start living. I needed to start doing things whether I wanted to or not. And so what it would, what does it look like to borrow someone else's purpose or have a fabricated purpose until you can find one that really lights you up? Because nothing lit me up at that time. Nothing. I was heartbroken to the most devastating depth. I was, my heart was shattered and I did not feel like doing anything. But by borrowing that purpose, by getting up and doing the things that I had to do. So when you have kids, you can borrow that fairly easy. But what happens if the kids are old enough to do the things on their own? Or you don't have kids. You don't have pets. You don't, you live alone and you don't have that to rely on as a necessity. This is where it comes in that you look at the people around you. Now the ideal is you have a good friend who can show you areas of your life that you can really start making actions. You can start doing stuff. They can help you. They can show up and say, hey, let's do laundry together. Or let's, you know, let me drive you to work if going to work is what you need. Your first line of defense is your support system. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask someone and let them know that you don't know what to do and when to do it and why to do it. It's okay. Now, by talking to your friends, you don't have to actually come up with anything on your own. And when they give you ideas, if some of them seem too strong or too much, just tell them. They'll help you break it down and a good friend will walk through it with you and or even will sit and help you discover a temporary why that will help you start moving because you have to choose to start moving. You have to choose to start doing things and start acting. You can't stay in that raw pain and in that isolation and in the You can't sit on the couch and do nothing forever. That's not what we were made for. That's not healthy. It's not. Well, if you really are honest with yourself, is it what you even want? You may not want what you used to have or may not even be able to have that. But do you want to waste your life away? And my thoughts are no, even individuals, even the the people that I've come across who have severe depression, they don't want to sit and do nothing. They don't want to live that way. That's not life. That's a tragedy in itself. So talk to your friends, talk to those closest to you, talk to your family. Sometimes family is harder because they want things to go back to the way it was. And that's one thing that I realized early on 
is I would never be the person I was before my husband died. That woman, as great as she was and as helpful as she was and as cheerful as she was, all those things, though I'm still those things, I think I'm pretty great. I think I'm pretty helpful. I think I'm pretty cheerful. But it's in a completely different way, and I have a different motivation behind it. I have different experience and different compassion and different, well, different purpose and why behind that even. There's a different meaning to it. So a lot of times family wants that, wants to go back to the way it was. They want that old person back. They wanted the old Tammy back. And it's just not possible. There's There'll be glimpses of her. And there'll be glimpses of your old likes and dislikes and personality, of course. Like that is, it doesn't go away. It just changes. Once you've been through really challenging circumstances, you don't want to be the person you were before it. You don't want to be as naive or as rose-colored or as it's inexperienced. You want, you want to grow from that, whether you admit it at first or not. So if you do have family that you go to, make sure you protect that. And you may not, the things that you used to do, even if it was just weeks ago, may not make sense for you now. But in that early stage, and I'm talking about early stage, but this could be years later as well. When you look at things and you realize that your life does not look like what you want it to look like. When you look at the fact that life has been pulling you and taking you and it's like the the surf on the ocean where it just, or the seaweed on the ocean, you just kind of flounder and you just go back and forth based on the weather patterns. And that's okay for a short time, but you cannot stay there. And live a life that's full and loved and joyful and purposeful and amazing. You can't live a thriving life through that. So first, check with friends and see if they have something that you can do, a purpose that you can borrow. Even doing it for them. Having them be your motivation that you want to be able to go back out and and spend time with them. At this point... Any purpose, any why will help you. The next is look at people that you admire. Look at some of the things who've, some of the people who've done, who've been through similar situations. What was their why? And how could that inspire you? I read a lot, a lot of books about grief and losing spouses and losing parents and all those things. I, I read so many books early on. Um, probably too many. That's a whole nother story. The um, trying, the whole Enneagram wanted me trying to figure out the, the right way to do it so I can get through it as fast as possible and as painless as possible. Because let's face it, anger is, um, is a bad emotion. And who wants to feel emotions? Which of course I know it's not true. But that was my thought process. If I could just do something and push past the emotions, that it would be fine. And reading was one of those things that I could do. I could check off. I had lists of things that I was reading and I was feeling 
like I was making progress. And in turn, a lot of those really just made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't healing at the right speed. I wasn't feeling properly or healing properly. But that's a that's a topic for a whole nother podcast. Right now, when you look at people who've been through something similar, what is one thing that they can attribute their health to, their healing, their joy to? How can you apply that to your life and how can that help you until you can discover your own why? Now, the third thing, and honestly, this is probably the first, I probably should have mentioned this first, but it really is going to the Bible and looking for elements of what you've been through. Everything we've been through, you can find elements of it throughout the Bible. You can find um, inspiration, you can find ideas, you can find hope, you can find um, things that were done wrong, things that were done right. You can find characters who you can see thereafter. Ruth was one of the characters who, um, throughout this last 10 years, she keeps showing up in my life. The, the Ruth character of diligence and hope and just she was doing the right things and just depended on God for everything. I looked at what she did, what she prayed, and how she responded in her life. And I looked to see how I could add elements to that in my life. Also, David, who was after God's own heart and yet messed up royally and still was beloved by God. These are just two. There's so many, so many Bible characters who you can, who are real people. So these are not just fabricated, made up stories to help inspire. These are real life people who God loved so much and cared for so much that he put their lives in his word to help us, to guide us, to give us inspiration, to show the reflection of our hearts and even more so to show the reflection of his. So go to the Bible and look for a purpose. Serving. One of the best ways to get out of your own head, to to get out of your own depression, to get out of your own way, is to look for ways to serve others. This may be one of the hardest things when you are grieving, when you are broken spirited and when you are just plain tired and don't have the energy or so you think to do anything. God talks about it's better to give than receive. And when you serve, you are giving, which in turn, you really, you really start to receive more than you give. How can you serve just one person today? Don't wait till tomorrow. Like, look and see how you can serve one person. And even that could be your purpose, your why, is you just want to serve one person every day in a small way. Whether it's, it could be as easy and simple as taking someone's cart back to the, the front for them, or helping someone, or praying for someone, or inviting someone over for dinner, that might be a big one. 
little things. Just offering a smile and holding the door for someone. But do it with the heart of, of a servant. There's so many ways. And there's so many ways that, that you can find the temporary why. The important step is you have to do it. You won't have the motivation to follow through. You have to create the desire and the willpower. You have to just decide for yourself that the way you are right now is not where you're going to be. And you're going to get off that nail and you're going to move forward. That even a tiny step is still a step. Even if you move sideways instead of forward, that's fine too. Any movement is a good movement. Any action is a good action. It doesn't matter if it's right. It doesn't matter if it's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's visible to others. It doesn't matter. God's uh, God's asking you and offering you a partnership. He's right there to take the healing process from you and heal you more than you could ever imagine. But he's not going to force you into it. He's not going to just decide that he's going to heal your heart and you're not going to have to deal with any more pain. He could, but he knows that's not what our, our best interest is. That's, he knows that that's not how we learn and how we grow and how we start to really embrace and embody who he wants us to be. So you have to act, you have to decide, then you have to do it no matter what, whether you feel like it or not. So what's one thing today that you can do? What's one thing, one tiny step, even if it's just texting a friend and saying, I miss you, I need you. That's it. Let them take the reins. Pray about it. And it could be a a sentence breath prayer. The Lord put somebody in my life right this moment who could help me find the the next step, the right step for me. Find a step. You'd be surprised with how many people God will immediately put in your path. Whether they send you a message and say, hey, you've been on my heart. Or Or God will place a person on your heart to message. And even you reaching out to them and them saying, wow, I have been struggling and this really means so much. All of a sudden you start to feel better because you you follow God's prompting and you made a difference. So don't let another day go by. Don't sit and do nothing for another day when you know you were made for more. When you know that life is worth thriving in, not just living in or enduring. Decide today that enduring life is not good enough anymore. You may not be ready to thrive, but it's there for you when you are. But if you want to get to that, you have to start taking those hard steps, those difficult steps, those maybe painful steps, and you'll see they're actually not as difficult or as hard or as painful as you initially thought. Yes, it'll take some energy, but your energy will come back and you'll be able to do it. I want to encourage you to not do this alone, to not wait 
until you have everything together or you have the energy, you have the time, you have the motivation, because we already talked about how that's not going to show up. So many times we sit and we wait. We wait for things to become clear. We wait for things to get better or I feel better or the pain doesn't hurt so much. Where would you be today if just a few months ago you made that choice? Where would you be today if a year ago you decided that you would take the step towards healing? Nothing's going to change if you don't make the changes. And it's really hard to do on our own. If you know you're ready for a change, but you don't know what the step it is, you don't know what it looks like, you may not even know what healing means for you. Reach out. I have just a few spots left, a few spots open for coaching. And one of them's for you. Now, a lot of times we hear this and we think, well, it's not really, it's not really for me. I'm not ready. It's not something that I don't need help in that. And the purpose of a coach is not to tell you what to do or tell you that you're ready, but help you show, help show you your own path, the path that you you could be on, the path that you really desire, but you haven't admitted to yourself. It's to be the accountability, to to push you when you need to be pushed, to confront you in a way that friends may not be able to confront you in a gentle but loving but strict, like put the mirror in front of you kind of way. And sometimes that's what we need. Okay, most of the time, that's what we need. I know that's what I needed. All of these things, all this healing, all this thriving that I talk about, that I've experienced in my own life, I've worked really hard to heal and to get to where I am. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of, um, going a lot of paths that are a lot longer than they needed to be. But that's why working with me will help you because we can cut that shorter. I can help you see what you want and I can give you ideas of ways that you may not even know are possible. So just reach out. on the website, on my website, there's a link. On the show notes, there will be a link to just schedule a 20-minute talk. No commitment, no pressure. I just want you to see what you're worthy of, what you're capable of, and what's waiting for you if you just get off the nail. So I hope to see you soon. And with that, I'll see you next week.